welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And we have an amazing guest on with us today. Diana, who is it? Today, we have Laura Christine. Laura Christine is the host of the Boundless Heart Podcast, empowering women into fierce self-love, independence, and equal partnership. After learning through two marriages and divorces, how deeply the patriarchal conditioning runs within us all, Elsie set out to help women decondition from the people-pleasing, the codependency, and the good girl tendencies that we've been born into and rise into their fullest authentic expression. Elsie's deepest wish is for all women to reclaim their bodies as their home and to treat themselves with the respect, dignity, honor, and love they deserve. This is how we change the world. Welcome, Elsie. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you both for what you're doing as well. Absolutely. And I would love to know, you know, has there been a part of your body that you found easiest to love? Such a good question now. And since puberty, when my hair got curly, I love my hair and it's kind of short now, but it's curly and it's, it's easy to love for me, (laughs) my hair. I can completely resonate with that. My hair didn't get curly after puberty. I had to wait until I was in my thirties, but I certainly do love my curly hair. And before that, my hair was really straight and I loved it then too. Was your hair straight before? My hair was wavy in such a way that it wasn't either straight or curly. And it was at the time when we wanted to curl the bangs and stuff or have bangs and they just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. So I didn't like my hair at that point, <laughs> but now I love it. So yeah, I had to, I had to let it form itself into the curls and then I loved it. That's really beautiful. And of course, your hair looks gorgeous today, as I'm sure it does every day. I got it I cut agree. today. I mean, so oh, it's a little bit maybe better styled. Thank you, though. <laughs> you just look extra fashion and fabulous. I think that that's, uh, you know, I'm grateful that we get to have you and be blessed with your presence in this style. Thanks. I've always had straight hair and like my hair hardly holds a curl. It's like it's not something that it ever does. Like I, I just, I can have it in like curlers or like try to permit it holds a shape for about like a minute. (laughs) And then that's about it. Like I, it doesn't last very long. So I always um, end up having some form of like straight hair, but I can like add a lot of product and get it into a thing. But I I feel like I'm just really low maintenance and I don't even bother with it. (laughs) You know what the beautiful thing is I don't look at other people and think I only like their hair if it's curly. I like hair. I like all kinds of hair. I think whatever is your hair is what fits you, right? That's why you have that hair. Yeah. For me, like, um, I don't know, like I hear you cutting your hair recently. Whenever I've cut my hair, oftentimes it's been something that's also connected somehow to my identity or like a change that I'm making. Um, Is there any feeling like that for you with this haircut? This haircut is a trim from the big haircut that I had in, I think, June or July. Oh, tell us about that one. Oh, I was so ready. I 
got divorced in January. Well, I left my husband in January and we got divorced in around May. And I really felt that it was time to cut my hair. And I thought maybe I'd go super short, but then I didn't want to. It was a, it, it was a process. I have this picture from about three years ago. I taught yoga at a retreat and I was given this card and on that card, it was like, it's time for an adventure. And I always resonated with that card. The hair, well, it wasn't really a hairstyle on that card because it was a drawing, so they could make the hair look however. But I took it to my awesome hair person and she said, well, this is a length that we can work with. And yes, absolutely. One of the guests on my podcast, which is the Boundless Heart, thank you so much for mentioning that. Right before I got my haircut, she said, you know what they say when a woman cuts her hair? She's about to change the world. Wow. Mic drop moment. I love that. I totally agree. Um, Yes. And so you've been changing the world since. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to take that and say, yes, we're doing it. We all rise together. We're owning it. Yes, I love that. And of course, you know, I think in that, what I recognize is that there can be parts where the journey feels hard and where it doesn't feel like you're fully owning and um, it can feel a little sticky or muddy. And I I love that, you know, and that's that really is just part of it. Um, but really, again, always recognizing that we're on the adventure and we are doing big things and changing the world. So true. The darkness, it has its purpose. It's just like the cocoon. It's dark in there, but the butterfly doesn't become a butterfly without it. With that in mind, our next question is, is there a body part that has been uh, harder to love or the hardest to love? Is there one that hasn't been hard to love? (laughs) is the question. Yeah. I knew you would ask me this and I feel like, well, I want to say my boobs cause they're small. My biggest issue was the proportions of my body that always gave me, I don't know the word. It, always made me feel like there was something wrong with me. I said, if my boobs are this small, I should be skinnier. I have to be skinnier. My hips are too big and my thighs, my boobs should be bigger to match. That was kind of like, that was, that really got me a lot growing up, especially. So yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think um, there are a lot of different ways where we can feel like, you know, there's something wrong with me uh, because of a standard that gets set by somebody else. And it's not even how we necessarily feel. Um, But we start to, because of what we see other people liking or what we see other people doing, we start to think, you know, oh, my body should be like this or why, you know, this is, this is what everybody else likes, or this is what, um, what seems acceptable kind of thing. And then just judging ourselves against that standard. Exactly. 
that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I can definitely resonate with that. I, you know, I'm fairly proportional as far as, you know, the top part of my body to the lower part of my body, but my breasts are disproportionately sized to each other significantly. So my left breast is almost two sizes bigger than my right breast. And I used to do all kinds of things to be able to hide that and, um, you know, to the outside world, have it be unnoticeable. And it's one of the things that, being in pandemic world has kind of freed me from is um, I used to wear a lot of padded bras and bras with underwires. And I just don't do that anymore because I love my breasts. You know, my partner love loves my breasts. I'm happy with the breasts that I have um, and that I have healthy breasts. And so um, it's, it's wonderful to be able to step into that place where I can take something that felt really disproportionate in me. And even though it's still the same way, feel a sense of love towards it. Do you feel like you have had that happen with you as well? I have. And it's interesting that I, I don't know what, I don't know if it's a Hawaii thing or something, but after I moved here, I actually lost some weight, but not because I was trying to or anything. I think it was mostly diet. I hadn't been eating meat and I don't want to get into like the ethics of things or anything or anybody's, any, anyone's preferences around that. But my body needs that kind of protein apparently to work, to function better. So that and also when I started to understand myself in a different way of kind of just a miracle, like we all are, my confidence around my body grew so much and I just didn't care anymore that even though I looked the exact same way as before. I felt really empowered. I felt really beautiful. I felt, you know what I want to talk about this. I know I just totally, totally tangented on you. It's just not even a word, but I felt so good in my body and in my skin. And when I moved here, I met somebody and fell in love and got married. <laughs> now we're divorced. But interestingly, I felt slowly, but very surely my insecurities come back in that relationship. And I'm wondering if they wouldn't have come back had I not brought myself into a relationship that wasn't really actually good for me. It's just something that's kind of come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, like in, in the work that I do with, uh, with energy healings and like subconscious patterns, you know, that, that can kind of come up where it's like, we start to see the same patterns evolve as long as we don't, uh, don't really heal them. Uh, and I know that for me, like that showed up in my body with like stress and all sorts of different things. And, um, I think that it kind of, for me has led back to an understanding of listening to my body more and more because our body knows so much and if we're willing to listen when it's whispering instead of when it's screaming um i find that the better i'm able to um 
to really adjust and grow. And so we all have that experience, I think, of like not listening to our body. And it's just the level of like what not listening we're not doing. Um, and the more that we just lean into, oh, to the listen kind of thing, I think it's really powerful. And I just wanted to share some comments that we were getting in the Facebook feed. Liz Stapleson says she loves this conversation. And we have Fanny Lazaro um, saying, you know, in terms of that feeling of um, there's something wrong with me, like that she's felt that way her whole life. And, you know, that there's a lot about our bodies that can feel disproportionate and, um, you know, that we want to hide. And, you know, I think that you're really giving us some space and understanding for what to do in that space uh, of, you know, like realizing I don't want to feel that way about myself anymore. And one of the things that that is a great lead into is what are your self-care or self-love practices that you put in place after this major shift in relationship to be able to feel that sense of love towards yourself again? Excellent question. Excellent question. (sighs) Boundaries. I didn't realize how much of a people pleaser I was. I didn't realize I had codependent tendencies because when you think of codependency, you think that somebody thinks they can't survive without another person or they need them so bad. But when you look up the tendencies that you have, or you show it, if you're codependent, it's like you have trouble making decisions. You have difficulty speaking your feelings or even knowing what you're feeling. You have trouble with boundaries, things like that. And when I started to realize that I was really putting a lot of weight on what other people were thinking. And when I was always calculating in my mind, how other people, especially my partner, but then also everywhere, even on social media, how are people going to take this, this thing that I'm doing? Is this an okay thing? That has actually given me so much more confidence to just be in myself and in my body. And the thing that got me in my body more than anything else, and I've done yoga for years and years. I've taught yoga for, okay, 12 years. No, more than that. Anyway, uh, roughly 15 years. We talk about the root chakra, which is the base of your spine. And we see the red ball of light and all of the things and putting the roots down into the ground and grounding. Somehow, when I interviewed a woman named Coco Berlin, who's a pelvic floor specialist, she took me into a meditation that actually connected me to my pelvic floor, the three layers of my pelvic floor, the muscles there, and the sit bones to recognize that we can actually move them with our mind and, and with our pelvic floor, if we're able to. And I swear I have never been in my root chakra or I had never been in my root chakra until that meditation during that interview. And I have been doing that daily ever since. It has been incredible how I feel like I have come home to myself. And what one thing that I've been able to do is allow other people to have their experiences, their own emotional experiences without trying to fix it. Because I will say I am here. I am home. I don't have to fix this. It's their experience 
and their process to go through. I don't have to control it. I don't know if that answers your question. But <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing you share that um, this root chakra meditation really helped you. Is that right? Not a root chakra meditation. It has. Oh, sorry. No mention of the root chakra, but that's what it did, though. I just I didn't want to make it confusing. Yeah, it's it's a pelvic floor connection meditation. So it integrates that part of us, which has been shamed for women for many millennia. <laughs> how, how are we going to feel at home in our bodies and safe and secure within our own self if we're not connected into our root chakra? And how are we going to be if we're told that that part of us is dirty? Yeah. Finley saying that sounds interesting. So where's somewhere that she could access that meditation? Yeah. Actually, I have it as a bonus episode in my own podcast feed. So if you search Great. for the boundless heart podcast on any of the apps, it would be number 11 bonus episode. And then the full episode okay. with hers is 11. Yeah. It's incredible. So that's epi bonus episode 11. And it's Can only we find that on your website. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and put your website into the chat so that we can, um, we can share that with, with Fenley and anyone else who's interested. Yeah, definitely. And it's only like six minutes, but like it changed wow. my life. Wow. Yeah. I can hear how, um, how that made such an impact for you. And I love that uh, concept of being home and coming home to our bodies. And I hear you doing it every day. That sounds very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And then when you can practice doing that throughout the day, and then if I get stressed or I know when I'm not home anymore, and that's when I start to say, wait a second, I'm not home right now in my body. So I'm not going to make decisions or try to get things to happen. I'm going to come home first and make sure that that's the priority. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I hear you just feeling very centered in that, in that way. I love that. So our next question is, you know, really in alignment of what, with, with this, but um, what is one other tip that you would give to reconnect with your body when those negative patterns arise? And that's the tip. But the other thing that I would say is to do something that you enjoy doing that has nothing to do with those old patterns, whether it be go for a walk and listen to uplifting music. I love pink. She's my, <laughs> she's my jam right now. Go for a walk, maybe do some yoga if that helps you, but it depends on what triggers it for you. Don't do those things. <laughs> do new things that you enjoy. Find somebody to talk to. There are some really wonderful benefits from just talking to a friend. Yeah, I love that. And what I'm hearing you say basically is, um, you know, like what energizes you, what, what makes you come alive? What, um, what, and it, and it really the way that you're asking the question as well, in terms of doing something you enjoy is it's like, come back to connecting with yourself through joy, um, and finding, finding joy, um, that's 
inherent and unique to you. Not like, kind of like you said, not don't do what works for LC, but embody the practice of what energizes you um, and reconnect to yourself in that way. I love that. Something amazing happens when a woman is connected to her pleasure and pleasure, meaning she's in her joy. She's enjoying life. She gives more than anything else to this world when she's in her pleasure, because that's the nature of being a woman. And what I hear, yeah, what I hear too, is that, you know, we should all get curious, get curious about the new things that we could be bringing into our world to bring pleasure into our world and joy and excitement and stepping out of our comfort zone, not necessarily in an uncomfortable way, but in a curious way, like what could be more in our life? Yes. Curiosity is serious. I don't know if it's because I'm a podcaster. I am eternally and perpetually curious. I just want to know more about all the things and it, keeps life interesting. It keeps you alive and it keeps you knowing that there's more or there's a different opportunity. It, it doesn't, it like doesn't even let you get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, it just keeps you in this zone of creativity and zone of genius, um, be really truly being in pleasure. Um, you know, and like so much of life can feel shitty and like something that we should do as opposed to something that we really want to do and would love. Um, and like, you know, I always say that love is a highly creative energy. And when we are in the zone of love, right. That is, that is incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, we're, we're creating from the highest, highest form, not out of hatred, not out of, uh, resentment or jealousy or lack and scarcity, um, but out of love. It, if you can be in love every day, and that doesn't mean with somebody or with something, just means to be in the state of love. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, that's what, um, for me, life gets to be an endeavor in is how can we connect more with pleasure with love and really understanding that it's, um, it's something unique to every single one of us. I love that. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about, uh, Oh, sorry, Arliss. Go ahead. Well, and you were saying, you know, be in this unique state of love. And for me, that starts within each one of us. I mean, we can love the world around us. We can love the people around us, but not without starting with loving ourselves first. And so when you talk about enjoying our passion and being curious, you know, start home, start with home, start here in the heart of your own self um, of getting curious around what love could be for you and how that passion is for you. I think that's such a strong and powerful message, Elsie. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Absolutely. And just to clarify too, it's not like, okay, I have to love myself. That's not how we actually get there. We just start to find the things around us that we enjoy doing and we experiment with life. Oh, I don't like that. I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You just tried something. How cool. Now, you know that you'd rather do something else. It's amazing. 
that's how we get into it. We don't try to force ourselves to love every part of ourselves. We don't have to even do that when we're in the experience of this curious life. Yeah. What I like about that is uh, I'm hearing you connect almost like pleasure and play where it's like allowing for there to be this discovery process of pleasure where like, okay, I don't like that. I do like this. And allowing it to be more like play also just allows for us to stay in that more creative space instead of kind of pigeonholing ourselves into like, oh no, I don't like that. Or I don't want this. Um, you know, it keeps us kind of more open to a rich, like a richer kind of tapestry of experience. I love that. Absolutely. And something I talk about a lot is how women, especially girls, are really steered away from knowing what they like because girls are sort of taught, no, not sort of, girls are taught that to be liked, they have to like what other people like. So they're always figuring out what other people like and then saying, that's what I like. So we kind of lose our ability to even know what we like. That's why we've got to give ourselves ourselves grace and give ourselves a chance to try things and not like them too. That's totally fine. We're in this process of untraining ourselves from all, all that we've been trained to think we have to do. Yeah. I remember when, um, when I was younger, I was, I had just ended a very long-term relationship in my life. And I remember sitting there alone one day and it occurred to me, I didn't even know what my favorite ice cream flavor was. I had no idea. I knew what my mom's favorite ice cream flavor was and my dad's favorite ice cream flavor and my siblings' favorite ice cream flavors and my ex-partner's favorite ice cream flavor. But I had no idea what my own favorite ice cream flavor was, which by the way, if you're all wondering, because I know you're super curious, um, it is the keto ice cream brand cookie dough. So good, totally grain-free, gluten-free, and sugar-free, which is really important for my health. Um, but yeah, I had to figure out what is my favorite ice cream flavor. And, and, and that clued me in to just how little I knew about what I liked in this world. And now <laughs> I want to share my, <laughs> my favorite. My favorite is coconut bliss, ginger cookie I get flack for this caramel, but I think most people in the world say caramel. <laughs> so ginger cookie caramel is my favorite. <laughs> oh man. I feel like I've been put on the spot in terms of a favorite ice cream flavor. I don't know that I really have one to me. What matters more is the quality of the ice cream and the overall um, like balance and delivery of flavor. So I feel like I'm an appreciator of all different kinds. Uh, there's, there are definitely highlights that I can think of. Like, um, what is it called? Um, there's like an ice cream from blue bottle. Um, like the, or it's from like a San Francisco, um, ice cream shop that has like blue bottle coffee in it. And it's like really delicious. I think there may be cornflakes in it. Um, and there are like other things that I can think of as like stand out. Um, but asking me to pick a favorite ice cream is kind of like asking me to pick a favorite child. It could only be in the moment that I can answer that question. And, you know, a moment later, it could be somebody else. 
<laughs> well, and one thing that you may not know, Elsie, about our fabulous Diana is that she is a chef by trade. Like that's what she, like she, and she's like an amazing chef. And so if I know her, she probably makes her own ice cream and that's her favorite. The one she makes that day. It would be my yeah. favorite too. If you made me ice cream, that would be my favorite too. <laughs> There's really nothing like, um, fresh spun ice cream. It's like such a nice texture. And when, um, but it really also depends on the machinery. Like it's one of those things where the upgraded machinery is like, is a big deal. Um, but yeah, I, I love all different flavors of ice cream as a result. <laughs> well, Elsie, I'm wondering, you know, you, you had mentioned societal norms and I would love to know from you what societal norms or expectations do you feel like you are subscribing to or not subscribing to now at this time of your life? Man, <laughs> I know I kind of left most of those <laughs> off to the side after a while. And now I'm like, uh, but as far as with body, what societal norms, I shave my legs again. I stopped doing that for a while. I just prefer it. Armpits too. I tried not shaving my armpits for a few months when I was really hippie, when I lived in Ashland, Oregon, and I just, I couldn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> so I started shaving those again. I, I think that I would probably be more comfortable. Well, I have trouble not wearing a bra and I don't have regular bras, you guys. I don't wear like normal bras. They're basically sports bras with a little pad in them. Cause like I said, I'm a little small, but I think that it would be outside my comforts. And I actually don't have one on right now. You can't tell cause I'm on video, but <laughs> I think just being like more braless would be something that would benefit me in some way. So we'll see, maybe I'll have to start doing that. I can see you coming alive just at the idea, Elsie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Manifestation in process. <laughs> well, and I have to say that I'm braless as well today, which is not my norm. Um, but I had a big day yesterday and I woke up feeling kind of on the more tired side than normal today. And I was like, with heck, you know, to heck with the bra. Who's going to know? And, um, and it's super comfortable. It's super comfortable. I don't know. I mean, I go out a lot in tank tops that have like the little shelf in them. I don't know if that counts as going braless, but that in my world, that's very close, you know? And yeah. so, um, but it has taken me getting some getting used to. And then as far as the shaving goes, I really prefer to be shaved. Like I love to shave my legs or no, no, no. Let me restate that. I love it when my legs are smooth and my underarms are smooth, but I really dislike shaving. So I probably only do it a couple of times a month. Um, but I wish that it would just go away and then I wouldn't have to do it, but it's not because I want to subscribe to any kind of societal norm, but because it just, it's more comfortable that way for me. Yeah, I feel you. And I heard on the radio today that today is national braless day. 
randomly when I was driving. So maybe that's, maybe we're just tuned into something. We're all celebrating. I love that. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I think that it's really, you know, just personal preference when it comes to all those different things. Like I've gone through periods where I've tried to grow my armpits and I'm just like, at some point it got uncomfortable. I didn't like it. And I think that it goes like, for me, it goes back to comfort. Like even with you are like shaving your legs, like it just feels more comfortable. Whereas for me, I can't remember the last time I shaved my legs. Like it's been years kind of thing. I'm fairly sure when I met my husband, my legs were hairy and I was like, well, this is, this is what you're going to get kind of thing. Like, um, I feel like I've always kind of been like, just open with that where it's like, yeah, this is, this is who I am. Um, but like, yeah, sometimes body hair, right. It can be, it can be something we like want in certain places, um, and not in others. And it's, it can be shaped societally, but I think it also can totally be comfort. Definitely. Yeah, I, I do think, Diana, I love that you say that we're all celebrating today, you know, hint, hint. Um, and I also think that it's about comfort and it's not just the comfort of not having hair or having hair or not wearing a bra or wearing a bra. It's comfort in our bodies, right? It comes back to how comfortable we are we in our bodies in this moment in time. And And then once we're comfortable in our bodies, like Elsie has talked about, then we can make the choice about what we like. But if we're not comfortable in our bodies, it's really hard for us to discern what we actually like. Exactly. Couldn't say it better myself. And Elsie, I know that you talk a little bit about people pleasing. So in in recognizing what we love about ourselves, people pleasing is one of the things that comes up as a barrier in terms of us actually expressing that, doing that following through. Um, so how do you kind of work yourself through that as well when it comes to people pleasing? (sighs) That's a really big question because people pleasing is a really ingrained program. And I think the number one thing is to realize that you're doing it. I hadn't realized it, but if you do have trouble making decisions and notice if when you are making decisions about something or about what you like, are you tuning into what works for you right now? Or are you tuning into how are the people around me going to respond to whatever I'm deciding about? It's really, like I said, it is ingrained and a pattern. Anytime we're changing a pattern, the first thing that we need to do is recognize it or we won't change it because we won't even know it's there. And then women especially need to start asking a different question. We have been asking, how can I make this work for me? How can I make this work for me? How can I make this work for me for our whole lives? Let's start asking, does this work for me? And if it doesn't, that's okay. Recognizing that it's okay for something not to work for you. And if somebody else is going to respond negatively or with some fear or sadness or whatever it may be to let that person have their process, because that's how we all grow. If we don't have our own process, then we can't grow. If we're trying to control the outcome for other people, we are abandoning ourselves. And just like Arliss said, then we're not going to know if we want to shave or not because <laughs> we're looking out. How are they going to respond to me shaving or not shaving? 
what works for you? Do you want to shave or not shave? It's a big question and it's, it takes some work, but it's worth it. It is worth it. That work is worth it. Yeah. And I think uh, for me, one of the telltale signs of when I'm kind of going into people pleasing mode is when I realize that somebody else comes to mind in terms of as I'm thinking about making a decision. Um, you know, and I think it is important for us to keep other people in mind as we make decisions, but at the same time, not allow for that to crowd ourselves out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think it's that's what I'm hearing when it really comes to people pleasing is it's like, you know, yeah, those people are of a concern and someone we want to think about. But what also ultimately matters, you know, for us is, is this in alignment with our well-being? Is this, uh, is this good for me? Um, and like, like Arliss and I will sometimes talk about what's safe for me, you know, like that can be different for everybody and that's okay. Yes. Yes, it can. And to remember that when you're in your integrity and in your truth, that is what's best for everyone because otherwise you're lying to somebody. And, you know, and most times it's ourselves, right? Elsie, the person we're lying to is ourselves. It is. So I know that I'm super curious and I'm sure Diana is too. We'd love to know more about your podcast and what you do with your podcast. Oh, sure. My podcast was born really out of everything that I've been learning since this divorce and realizing how unhealthy the relationship was and how much I had abandoned myself for the second time. I realized that I was not the only one going through this. Whenever I would talk a little bit about it, there was another woman saying, Oh my gosh, me too. Same thing. I'm going through the same thing. He's not that bad, but I feel so bad. And I recognized that we are putting other people before us. And we're basically brushing our lives aside because we feel bad for somebody. I mean, that's one of the general things. And I got really passionate about letting other women know that they're not alone and how they're feeling and that it's okay to want to change. And it's okay to want to come back to themselves and be happy no matter what society might say, or even their friends, family, whatever. So at first I was like, I just want to get people out of bad relationships. Well, it really has turned into, wow, I'm recognizing that the patriarchy and the programs from it are really, really not good for anyone. And I don't even want to say, especially women, because they're just an imbalance is bad for everybody. Recognizing these patterns and working to change them is what my podcast is all about. So I do have people come on like therapists. I'm going to have a divorce coach come on. And it's not, it's not just about relationships with other people, but it's also, of course, the first relationship and the most important one is with yourself. Does that answer your question? <laughs> Absolutely. So I know Diana um, put it into the chat and maybe you could um, put it into the chat again so that our listeners can make sure to check out the Boundless Heart podcast. We're super excited about your podcast and the resources that you offer to your listeners. 
Thank you. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm, am I able to promote a little bit? <laughs> so I, think, I do have an inner circle that is a premium membership for the podcast. It's $7 a month, but it gives you a private community. So if you're going through any of these things and you're ready to come home to yourself, or if you have come home to yourself and you really want to be in that more supportive mentorship role for women who are, it's a really great place to be. And of course, with the premium podcast episodes, you get some bonuses in that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. So I want to give another big shout out to Elsie for her being here with us today and sharing her body positivity story and sharing those amazing resources and about her Boundless Heart podcast. So thank you again. And we look forward to seeing you all next week. Awesome. See you next week, guys.